You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for September 19th, 2021, the 17th Sunday after Pentecost. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Elizabeth Garnsey. It's based on Mark chapter 9, verses 30 through 37. The month of September is a good time to remember our teachers. As students have returned to schools and universities and classrooms are humming with instruction and hard work and discovery. I'm giving particular thanks this week to all the many teachers that I've had throughout my life and throughout my priesthood, including my wonderful St. Mark's colleagues here today and all the staff who teach me daily and all of you who are listening here who also teach me so many things. This Thursday marks the 15th anniversary of my ordination to the priesthood in the Diocese of New York. And the preacher that day at St. John the Divine was the Reverend Jim Burns, a sterling teacher and priest who little did I know then would become my boss a few years later at the Church of the Heavenly Rest. Well, in 15 years, I have preached a lot of sermons, many of which I barely remember myself. But the sermon Jim gave that day at my ordination in 2006 is burnished into my memory, and its wisdom was worth passing on. Isn't that what we're always supposed to do as spiritual students and teachers, is pass on the wisdom that we ourselves have learned? Jim told us ordinands to be visionaries, fundamentalist, evangelical, conservative, liberal visionaries. And like a bunch of fearful disciples, we were scratching our heads until he explained himself. He talked about having a vision of the gospel that cannot be reduced to the single issues and political positions that divide and consume our culture. He said, discussion and honest debate have given way to slogans, sound bites, and labels. People and issues are reduced to positions. And positions, as any good soldier will tell you, are to be either conquered or defended from assault. He spoke these words 15 years ago, but they are no less relevant today. Fundamentalist, evangelical, conservative, and liberal, these words are each rich in their own meaning and history, but now they are used like bombs. We fire these labels onto each other the way soldiers fire ammunition to defend their turf. We associate the word fundamentalist with extremism or militancy and moralistic judgmentalism. But Jim pointed out that in its literal sense, a fundamentalist is one who sees some fundamental truths worth holding onto in one's faith or value system. In that sense of the word, you might say there's a little fundamentalist in all of us. And indeed, in that sense, maybe there should be. There's the fundamental belief that God is love and that this love has been revealed in Jesus Christ in his life, his teaching, his actions, and his death and resurrection. And flowing from this central fundamental truth that God is love is the fundamental that God also wants wholeness and fulfillment for all of God's beloved creatures. And there's the fundamental Jesus taught that special care be given to the most vulnerable in our world, specifically the poor, the outcast, the weak, the sick, and the dying. Some fundamentals are worth holding on to. As for that high-voltage label, evangelical, 
to some, an evangelical today is associated with one who is aggressive about converting others to their brand of faith. But evangel is actually the Greek word for messenger, the same word from which we get the word angel. In the New Testament context, the word evangelist translates literally to a messenger of good news. Certainly as followers of Jesus, we are called to live as evangelists in that sense, proclaiming the good news that Jesus taught and lived by our own words and by our own examples. The good news of God, the great love of God, is for everyone, or it's not good news and it's not great love. As for conservative, a conservative is one who wishes to conserve and who wants to hold on to that which is good and resist change for the sake of change. Jim reminded us that traditional theology employs the word conservative to mean temperate, not given to waste or overindulgence. Jesus taught frequently about using our resources wisely and not wasting our lives in pursuit of wealth and status. But in today's gospel from Mark, the disciples are caught arguing about which one of them is the greatest, their behavior manifesting the opposite of temperance. And to some, a liberal is one who bucks tradition and seeks to upset the social order. But indeed, one of the things that makes us the most uncomfortable about God is the way grace and mercy are available to everyone and given so liberally even and sometimes especially to those we think are undeserving. When it comes to the good news of love, justice, compassion, forgiveness, and mercy, these things are worth conserving. While as students and followers of Jesus, we are to be liberal in extending them to others. So this is how we were encouraged as new priests to be visionaries, fundamentalist, evangelical, conservative, liberal visionaries. This sermon has never left me, and I'm reminded of it every time I hear or participate in firing off these labels like bullets onto people in opposing camps. I'm especially grateful for his teaching this week as I reflect on 15 years of not only trying to follow Jesus' teachings, but of also being charged with with teaching them to others. Frederick Nietzsche said, one repays a teacher badly if one always remains nothing but a student. Part of today's gospel says the disciples are afraid to ask questions when they don't understand what he's saying. So much of the divisiveness in our culture has to do with our own fear of asking questions of one another, engaging in genuine learning from one another's points of view or experiences. Questions such as, that's an interesting perspective. What experiences have led you to see things this way? Or, I'm not sure I understand. Could you say more? Or, what is important to you about this or that issue? What if when we didn't understand one another's perspectives or values, instead of turning away in silence, we asked a few questions and listened as if to learn something? We might be less quick to label one another, or at least we would have a story behind, behind why someone feels the way they do. We might find that we share common values, we just don't agree on how to get there. Certainly the disciples had a different idea of how Jesus could go about saving the world 
then letting himself be arrested and crucified only three years into his work. I have to wonder what difference it might have made for them if the disciples had dared to ask their questions rather than shrink into fearful silence like they do. They continued to follow Jesus in spite of their fear and silence, but it takes them his whole lifetime and beyond, through his death and his resurrection, before they can look back and realize what it was he was trying to teach them about humble service to others and about loving others whom the world counts as the least important or the least loved. But Jesus never gives up on his followers. Even in their most afraid or most dim-witted moments, Jesus never stops teaching them, even when they don't know what questions to ask or how to ask them. And I like to think he never gives up on me in my worst moments either. We who are listening today are proof that Jesus' first disciples did go on to learn, and they internalized what he taught them. And they did not remain only students. They passed on what they learned. The Gospels and the letters from Paul and today's letter of James, these are some of what they passed down to us, teacher to student, generation after generation. And this is what we do as baptized Christians. We learn one way or another what the good news is in our lives and then live it and share it with others by word and example. And we have to ask ourselves and ask life a lot of questions along the way. As Albert Einstein said, once you stop learning, you start dying. There is never a time when we should stop learning. As long as we are alive, we still have everything to learn about the infinite divine. Out of the 90 times Jesus is addressed in the Bible, 60 times he is called teacher. And that is what he was. But he taught not to the head, but to the heart. As Cynthia Bourgeau, another of my esteemed teachers, says in her book, Wisdom Jesus, Jesus was a teacher of the deepest, most personal questions. What does it mean to die before you die? How do you go about losing your little life to find the bigger one? Is it possible to live on this planet with a generosity, abundance, fearlessness, and beauty that mirrors the divine being itself? These are wisdom questions and they are the entire field of Jesus' concern. He was not merely offering up wisdom for daily living in hard times. Jesus was teaching in order to completely transform our human consciousness. As we see in the Gospel reading this morning from Mark, Jesus pushes and pulls and coaxes his disciples into an understanding they would not fully grasp until after he is taken from them and they're left to walk their own path of service to others in fearless courage. And when they miss the point time and time again, he doesn't give up on them, he just teaches them some more. Today, he lets a child show them. In first century households, children were as good as barnyard animals, certainly not the little VIPs that they are today. They were not valued or revered or focused upon in the way that they are in our world today. They were the least respected, the least valued members of society until they came of age. And that's just the point that Jesus is trying to make. If we embrace and honor the least respected people, the least prominent, we embrace and honor the very God of all. 
part of transforming human consciousness that Jesus is work on, at work on in our lives is to constantly remind us of these counterintuitive lessons. It does not come naturally, even when intellectually we might know, or we've been told a hundred times that God comes to us in the most unexpected ways. Paula Darcy says, God comes to you disguised as your own life. God comes to us in the awkward mistakes we make, in the profound losses and hardships, in the doldrums of ordinary living, in the maw of loneliness or grief. These are the places where we are the most likely to find God looking to meet us. The best teachers teach us that. And when we don't understand the teachers and are afraid to ask, life itself keeps teaching us in the only way life can, through unpredictable twists and turns, through our vulnerabilities or blind spots or the cracks in our walls. We are lifelong students and lifelong fellow teachers of one another. Let us each ask more questions and listen for more answers than we are used to and see just what God would have us to learn. Amen. You can find more sermons on our website at www.stmarksnewcanon.org.